welcome to this podcast from Christchurch Blackpool. For more information, please visit ccblackpool.co.uk. So just before we start, um, I just wanted to pray for Sue. So Sue is on um, cancer treatment at the moment. She's on a, a rolling one week off, one week on, three weeks off. Um, and she's currently on a week off, but she's feeling really down and really tired and really drained at the moment. So uh, I just want to really pray again for Sue for healing and pray that whilst she is not on the medication, that actually her body would be able to recover, that her body would be able to, to deal and detox with, uh, I guess, the poisons that are put into her to try and make her a bit, make her better. So can we just pray for Sue together right now? So Lord Jesus, I I just ask you to heal Sue, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, for, for you to make her body well. Lord Jesus, I pray for these rogue cells, Lord God, these cells that are growing that shouldn't be, these, these damaged cells, Lord God. I pray that you would make them well, you'd make them better, Lord Jesus. I pray, Lord God, for this treatment, Lord Jesus. Lord God, I pray that, that her body would be able to deal with the toxins, Lord God, that they, wouldn't, that they wouldn't make her worse, Lord Jesus. Lord God, I pray, God, for your healing power upon Sue. Amen. 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 Keep praying for her. Keep praying. Right, so this morning we are continuing in our series through the book of Mark. So if you've got a Bible, uh, if you want to turn to the book of Mark, we're going to be in chapter 6, verse 30 onwards. It's going to come up on the screen, but I know it's not always that easy to look up there. So go and um, have a look in your Bible. I'm going to be reading from the NIV version. But just to recap, Okay, so the last, last week, we, showed, we, we talked about that Jesus, remember, he, he came up against opposition. He came up against evil in the world. We talked about that God isn't slow to deal with evil. Actually, he's patient. He's patient, and his desire is that every single one of us would turn to know him. And actually, his, his desire is that every single person would, know to, would come to know him, and actually that on that way of coming to know him, he, he, his desire, his, his plan is, his plan A for dealing with evil, for dealing with the wrong in the world, is actually to tell people about him, to tell people about Jesus, to tell people about his good, his justice, his mercy, his grace. And, that, and then as, as person after person responds to him, one day, the Bible says, actually the fullness of all those who will respond will respond, and then he will return. And so remember, I, I got you, if you were here, I got you to all stand up and, uh, and go to the edges, go to the back, and have a look at all the empty seats that were left. And I asked you to imagine that what if by this time next year, every single one of those empty seats was filled with a person who doesn't today know Jesus? I mean, it seems like a massive ask, but that's my prayer that we would be inundated with people who do not today know Jesus. But because of our actions, because of our, our words, because of what we do say, what we spend our money on, we would see soul after soul be t- ransomed from hell into life. So I'm going to ask you right now, okay, we didn't have them last week, but um, could we take some of these and pass them on? These are, I've done little prayer cards. And so on these cards, it's just a little reminder. 
And what I asked you to do is maybe think of, last week, one person who you could be praying for that you would get the opportunity to share the gospel with, that, you, that God might use you to see them saved. And on the back of this card that says pray, there's three lines. And so maybe, can you think of three people who today don't know Jesus, but you could pray for that in the coming year, you might get an opportunity to share with them that they could respond to Jesus and they could join us here. Then actually, maybe, maybe over the next coming months, we might, you might get the privilege of baptizing them. You see, we, we baptized at the beginning of summer. We're going to do another baptism pretty soon. I haven't got it in the diary yet, but I'm sure we'll do one really soon. But baptism isn't something special that just the leaders get to do. Actually, if you lead someone to Jesus, you can baptize them. You get to baptize them. Okay, you know, we're going to have Steve Hurd here next week, and Steve Hurd is an evangelist. But evangelists aren't the only people who get to tell people about Jesus. We, every single one of you, get to tell people about Jesus. So who could you be praying for? Now, you have permission this, this afternoon to daydream, okay? As I'm talking, you have permission to daydream, to zone out a bit, as long as... Whilst you're zoning out, you're thinking of people who you could pray for that Jesus could bring to salvation. That Jesus could use you, use your actions, use your gifts, use your time, your talents, your, your money to bring to salvation. Okay? Right. So I encourage you, think, who could you be praying for? And then put this card somewhere where you see it regularly. And then every time you see it, you think, oh, okay, Jesus, please. You see, because that's, that's what the, the disciples did. They went out, we read last week, they went out into the towns and villages and they told people about Jesus. And we're going to continue on that this week. In Mark 6, 30, it says, The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that he, they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going, that they did not even have a chance to eat. Remember that, it's really important for this, this morning. He said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get, so we can get some rest. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I, I thank you, God, that, God, I thank you that you've done so much. Lord Jesus, we have been reminded this morning from, from the songs, from uh, Ace's encouragement right at the very offset to, to just be thankful to you, Lord Jesus. Lord God, and I am so thankful that you saved me. God, that you saved us here, Lord Jesus. Lord God, I thank you that you haven't finished. There's more people. Lord God, I pray that you would make us hungry. You'd make us hungry for more. You'd make us hungry to see more people know you. Hungry to see more people in this place worshipping you. Lord God, I pray that we would be hungry to, to see you at work. Not just on a Sunday, not just on a, a weeknight when we're meeting together. But Lord God, every single moment of every day, we'd be hungry to see you at work. Amen. Amen. So I'll start with a little story. There were um, three tortoises. And they went to have a picnic. They went to a field to have a picnic, and eventually they arrived in the spot to have their picnic. And they looked at each other and they realized, we forgot the drinks. 
We've got the sandwiches. We've got the crisps. We've got all everything else, but we've got nothing to drink. So eventually they have a discussion among themselves, and they decide what they pick one volunteer of the three to go and get drinks. And he, he says, I will go. I will go and get drinks as long as you promise that you will not touch my food, that you will not touch anything of mine. They all agree. That's fine. You go. We will, we will leave the picnic till we get back. If we get hungry, we'll eat our own, but we won't eat yours. So he sets off. An hour goes by. Two hours go by. The other two start getting hungry. So they delve, in, Dave, delve into the picnic and start eating their own. But they wait. They're faithful to their friend. A day goes by. Two days go by. Until one turns to the other and says, right, I don't think he's ever coming back. Let's eat his food and go home. To which all of a sudden they hear from the gate, no more than 200 yards away, a voice say, if you're going to speak like that, I'm not going. You'll get that if you didn't quite get it in a minute. (laughs) You see, the disciples... They had think that they thought they had accomplished a lot. They felt that they were it. They had just spent a week going out into the towns and villages and telling people about Jesus. They'd done the mission thing, and now it was over. It was over. They'd done that. It was time to sit back, to chill, to relax, to get some food. And they come to Jesus, and they're tired. They're exhausted. As the scripture in Mark says, they were hungry. Peter remembers this. Peter, who probably told Mark, you know, got Mark got his sources from, Peter remembered that he was hungry that day, okay? And, and they, 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 they come to Jesus, but the only thing that keeps their mood high, even though they're tired, they're exhausted, they're hungry, is the fact that they've got so much to share and tell Jesus about what's just happened. But they have a problem, and their problem is that the people who they've been missioning to, who they've been witnessing to, don't seem to realize that the mission week's over. They don't seem to realize that that's done. That's over with. We've told you about Jesus. We've, we've prayed for some sick people. We've, we've done social action projects, but that was last week. This week, now, it's time for us. And so the, and then the crowds come in. So Jesus, very graciously, he says, okay, right, go and find somewhere on your own. But the amazing thing is, actually, Jesus is going to use this opportunity to teach them that they hadn't even left the field, that actually they hadn't even opened the gate yet, and there was plenty more that he wanted to, that, that for them to see. So let's see what happens. It says, so... So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on by foot for all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw the large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By this time, it was late in the day. So his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said. It's already late. Send the people away so they can go to the surrounding countryside of villages and buy themselves something to eat. 
I don't know if you feel it, but there's a real sense of frustration here with the disciples. They are frustrated. See, they're like, they're like, we did the mission week. We told you about Jesus. That's over now. It's our own time. We're going to a solitary place, but the people follow them. And then what compounds them, what compounds the, 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 the frustration is that Jesus gets off the boat. And they're thinking, right, Jesus will tell you where to go. Jesus will get rid of you. But no. It says Jesus had compassion on them and started teaching them. So they're like, oh, Jesus. And then they come to him. And they start bringing these excuses to Jesus. They start going, you know, Jesus, this is a remote place. This is a remote place, i.e., we wanted our space. We wanted to be left alone. And we're hungry, by the way. You know, Jesus, it's already late, i.e., they've been here forever. Do they not know that last week was for them? This week is for me. They've been here forever. Send them away. Send them away. Oh, wait a minute. Then they have kind of a brainwave. They're like, okay, that's not the way that Jesus works. Jesus, the people are hungry. Jesus, the people are a long way from home. Why don't you the kind thing to do, Jesus, is to send them away now so they can find themselves something to eat, so they can <coughs> leave us alone. <laughs> and Jesus looks back at them, and again, with one statement, shows them, actually invites them what it looks like to leave the field, to leave the gate. See, he says to them, it says, but he answered them, you give them something to eat. They said to him, what about, what? <laughs> they said, that would take more, more than half year's wages. Are we going to spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked. Go and see. Then they found that they had five and two fish. You see, what happened is, is the disciples, just like us, have put Jesus in a box. He said, this is when you tell Jesus, people about Jesus. This is when you heal people. This is when you pray. And this is when we don't. And this is one of those times we don't, Jesus. This is one of those times when we don't. I mean, how often do we put God in a box how often do we limit what he can do? You see, even, even, even if they, they didn't box him, they limit him, don't they? Because they come to Jesus and their first thought is not, Jesus, you can do anything. Their first thought is like so many of us is, we don't have enough food. We don't have enough money. Where are we going to meet? Where am I going to find the time to do that? Hey, Jesus, what, 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 what? You see, we, we limit God. We limit him. You see, we, 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 we so often, don't we, we can so often go, tongues and prophecy. Oh, we believe that, and that's quite nice. That's for Sunday mornings. Evangelism. Well, that's for special people to do at special times. 
you know, and, and if I'm going to talk to someone about Jesus, it's, it's going to be at, a, at, a, at an evangelist meeting or at a, at, a, at, a, at a Christmas service or Easter service when we're all talking about Jesus. Healings. I believe Jesus can heal today at New Day when you've got a big evangelist on the stage who's got healing gifting. That's when he heals. But what Jesus wants them to do and he wants us to do is raise our expectations to the fact that he can do anything. He is able to heal. He is able to save. He is able to use our giftings any day, any time. See, he wants to remove the boundaries from the disciples' eyes. See, it goes on. Sorry, it says, actually, I, I want us to be a church. I want us to be a church that, that expects Jesus to move. That expects Jesus to move just as much on Sunday as we do Monday and Tuesday. So I want us to be a church that is, that is prepared to see God heal people through us, not just the big evangelist on stage. But actually, that can work through us, can save people through our prayers, through our talking, through our actions. Do you limit God? Do you limit him? Because Jesus is going to show us what he can do. It says, then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looked to heaven. He gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples, to the people. He also divided two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 baskets of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of men who had eaten were 5,000. 5,000. I mean, that's 10, 15, 20,000 plus. And that's just the men who were there. There were thousands and thousands of people. So Jesus takes, he goes, he goes to his disciples and says, okay, you feed them. And their instant response is just like us. We don't have enough money or food to do that, Jesus. He says, well, what do you have? That's how good Jesus is. How, what do you have? That's what he asks us all. What do you have? And he takes it. And he uses five loaves and two fishes to feed thousands upon thousands. Let me ask you. Did Jesus need the disciples to feed thousands? No. No. Now, the disciples, they handed out the food. But actually, you read the Old Testament, bread just fell from heaven. Meat just came and appeared. Jesus didn't need the disciples. See, he doesn't need us either. But he chooses to use us. See, I, and this must have been, this must have been incredible. This must have been amazing. I want you to, you, to, you to imagine this. Jesus, he grabs five loaves, he prays, and then he breaks them. And he divides these five loaves between his 12 disciples. Then he gets two pieces of fish and divides them between his 12 disciples. Then the 12 disciples look at their little basket of food, which probably was not even enough to feed them on their own. And Jesus says, 
go to that group there of a few thousand people and share it with them. You know, I mean, they could have just gone, not a chance, not a chance. Remember, how did this passage start with? They were hungry. So they could have gone, not a chance, but this will feed me for now. (laughs) I'm just going to sit down here and eat my little bit of fish and bread. They could have gone, Jesus, there's so much need, and I've got so little to give. I just can't do it. I just can't do it. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing to go, here you go. Here's your little bit. I know you're hungry, but all I've got is a little basket full of bread and fish. They could have been paralyzed. They could have, could have kept it for themselves. No one would have blamed them. They could have been paralyzed. But actually, what they did do is they went round and started giving out. I can imagine, firstly, you know, like, like many of us do when we give out communion, it's just like a little bit of bread for you and a little bit of bread for you. And then all of a sudden, they realized that their baskets, I mean, this must have been amazing. All of a sudden, their baskets aren't getting, uh, aren't losing any bread. And I'd love to have been at the point where one of them goes, okay, you can have a loaf. There's still more in my basket. And they just keep giving out and out. And somehow, after no time, this little basket of bread and fish has fed 50 people, then 100, then thousands of people. You see, they could have gone, I don't have much. I'm going to keep it for myself, and I'll feed myself because I'm hungry. That would have been okay. They could have just gone in despair. There's far too many people to feed with this little basket of food that Jesus has given me. They could, that would have been fine. But actually, if they did that, they would have missed out on something amazing. See, what they did do, credit to them this time, you have to say this, because they they're going to mess up. The, the, the chapter doesn't end, and they've already messed up. Um, credit to them, they take their little basket of food, and they start sharing what they've got. And in that, they are used, and they are first-hand eyewitnesses of an amazing, miraculous miracle. I mean, remember, just remember, The mission week was last week. Healings were done last week. Signs and wonders were last week. This wasn't the mission week. This wasn't New Day. This wasn't even Sunday. Okay? But Jesus moved in mighty power amongst them. Jesus moved. You see, many of us don't have much. We just have a little basket of bread and fish. But God wants to do something amazing with that. And we can stand there and go, the deed's too big, so I can't do anything. We can stand there and go, well, I've got enough just about for myself. Let's look after me, myself, and I. No one would blame you. But what might happen if we chose to give away what we'd been given? See, I believe God wants to raise our expectations as a church. I believe he wants to raise our expectations in three ways. I believe he wants to raise our expectations in the way that we act, what you do. 
You know, whether that's serving on Sundays, whether that's you giving up your time to help someone, whether that's how you, how you conduct yourself in your work or at home amongst your family, how you behave. And I'm sure many of you will instantly go to, I don't have much to give. I don't have any talents. I can't play the piano like Joel can. Not many of us can. But that doesn't mean you've got nothing to give. You know, uh, maybe you say, I can't, I can't do that. I can't do this. I can't do that. I'm not like them. I'm not like them. Jesus would say to you, your good deeds are a light to the world that bring glory to your Father, Matthew 5. See, it doesn't matter how much you've got. It doesn't matter how special your talents are. We all have a bit of fish and a bit of bread. Will we choose to hold on to it or will we choose to use it? Will we choose to hold on to it and be safe or will we choose to use it and give God the opportunity to do a miracle? Secondly, I believe God wants to raise our expectations in what you say, your words. Your words have power. Your words have power, whether that's when we come together and we pray on a Sunday together, what you say has power, whether that's you encouraging someone, whether that's, 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 that's an invitation. You know, Steve, when he first came, came um, uh, back in February, I think it was, he, he exhorted us to invite people, invite people. Actually, your invitation has power, and you may go there and go, I can't speak. I don't have much to say. I'm an introvert. I don't even like talking to people. But Jesus would say to you from John 6, your words have eternal life. Eternal life resides in your mouths, people. Church, eternal life resides in your mouth. So you may, you may feel like you don't have much to say, but Jesus says whatever you do say, he can use it. He can use what you say. And thirdly, I believe God wants to raise our expectations as individuals and as a church on what he can do with your money. It says in um, Malachi chapter 3, it says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. Test me in this way, says the Lord. See if I will not open up the floodgates of heaven and pour out a blessing for you without measure. I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not ruin the produce of your land and your vine. In your field will not fail to produce fruit, says the Lord of hosts, then all the nations will consider you fortunate, for you will be delightful. You will be in a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. You see, there's a sense here that actually even the nations, the people around us, will look and wonder and say, what? You do what with your money? You use your money how? And they will marvel and in awe at that. You see, under under Old Testament, under Old Testament law, under the 
the, the Old Testament, and it quotes here, it says actually the, the, the Jews, the, the Israel, they would bring a tenth, a tenth of all that they earned to the house of God. Now, we're not under Old Testament law. You don't have to tithe, bring a tenth. But actually what I would say is they were under law. They were told they had to do it. We're under grace. We're under grace. You know, we've just been singing about how much Jesus has done for us, how much he has given us. So, you know, you don't need to give 10%. But my question is, why wouldn't you want to give that at least? Because God has done so much for us. So you, you, may, be, you, may, you may really be thinking that. You know, you sat there thinking, well, I can't. I'd, honestly, I'd love to, but I can't. I've only got a very little amount. Bring something. Bring something. Bring 1%. Bring 5%. Have it as a goal one day to increase. But don't say, sit sat in the corner saying, I haven't got enough. What I've got anyway won't make a difference. Think of the, 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 the widow who, with, her, with her copper coins who came to the temple. Do you think her two copper coins could have made a difference at all to, to feeding people, to the running the temple? No! But Jesus said, what faith, what faith she has. You see, does God need your money? Let's have that louder. Does, does God need your money like you believe it? No, he does not need your money. Just like he did not need the disciples to feed these thousands of people. He could just make bread appear. You know, things that we'd love to do as a church, God could just make millions just appear. And we just have it. He does that sometimes. I'd love him to do it here. But actually, more often than not, what he does is he takes our little bread and fish, our gift, and he does something amazing with it. That's what he does. That's what he does. Actually. See, the reason why he, he wanted the disciples to hand out the bread and not just appear like it did in the days in the desert is because He's so generous. He's so good. He wanted them to have the experience of being part of this miracle. The reason why he wants your gifts, he wants your talents, he wants your mouths, he wants your money. It's not because he needs them to save the world, but because he wants you to know that he wants to involve you. He wants you involved. He wants you involved. Maybe, maybe this kind of stirs in you, and you start, you're starting to think, well, yeah, I'd love to do more. I'd love to give more, but, but I'm not sure I can. I'm not sure, sure I can. I'm not, I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, you, 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 maybe even today you'll, go, you'll step out of it and go, yes, I'm going to do more. And then you'll go, and then all these kind of worries and fears will creep in. What if this happens? What if that happens? What if there's not enough? Do you know what? You're not alone. You're not alone. You see, later on, I told you the, the disciples messed up, and this is what they did. Later on, after this amazing miracle, Jesus sends them back into the boat. There's a storm, and uh, they, they, they see Jesus. Jesus comes to them later, walking on the water. I'm not going to read it all. We did a whole series on this last year, so you can go back and find that if you want to see more. But... Um, he comes walking to them, and they are terrified. 
They're terrified of the storm. They're terrified of this ghost. Peter plucks up enough courage and jumps overboard and comes walking to Jesus until he too is overcome by fear and starts sinking until Jesus pulls him out. And Jesus gets them into the boat. And it says this. It says, then he got into the boat with them and the wind ceased. They were completely astonished. Why? Because they had not understood about the loaves. Instead, their hearts were hardened. What on earth has being terrified of a storm, being terrified that there might be a ghost out there, what on earth has that got to do with bread? How does that have anything to do with bread? Well, the amazing thing is that as you read Scripture, I tell you again, as you read Scripture, Shagan um, highlighted this to us at the beginning of summer. When you read Scripture, the words that are there are there intentionally. And so what you see from the beginning of this chapter to the end, there's food. There's food all the way through. And so when it talks about the blows, it's taking us back. It's meant to, meant to jump us back. So what didn't they understand? Well, what they didn't understand is they started this story by being hungry. They wanted the people to go because they were going to starve. They weren't sure about giving out the bread and the fish because what if there's not enough? You see, their, their fear came from same place our fear comes from. What if God isn't enough? What if I act out? What if I start serving and God doesn't catch me? What if I speak to my friend and I land flat on my face? What if I decide to give and I don't have enough money? What if God's not enough? What if he doesn't keep his promises? What if? What if? And you know, and you, many of you have read your Bibles and you know, you've seen, there are poor people in the Bible. There are sick people in the Bible, people who love Jesus. But, I mean, a test me for, for myself is, you know, I started earning, I started working in a supermarket just part-time when I was at school at 16. And from then, I started giving a little bit, a little bit to our local church. When I went to uni, um, I did have a job at Blockbusters for a while, but I lived in Salford, and that Blockbusters got robbed every other weekend, so that didn't last too long. Um, so, so I didn't have a job for too long, but we, I gave. I gave. When Jen and I got married, we committed that we are going to give. When I, when I got sick and was made redundant, per perfect opportunity to say, right, we're going to stop giving. No, we didn't stop. Actually, we continued as if I wasn't sick. And what I'd say is, we've had more and less money. We've been tight. We've been less tight. But actually, God's always been enough. God has always been enough. And I don't tell that for you to say, wow, about me. No, it's about Jesus. Jesus has proved, I can testify, that Jesus has always proven faithful. Always proven faithful. He's, he has always been enough. And maybe you're, 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 you're scared. Maybe you're, you feel like you're, you want the faith, you're lacking faith. 
Maybe you're, you're there like the disciples are going, I don't understand. I don't understand. And actually, what's, what's happening here? It's what the reason why they didn't understand the bread and the fish is actually they were hungry. They, and then they were given a little handful of food. But how much food was there at the end? How much food was left at the end? Twelve baskets. How many of them were there? Twelve. So each of them had a basket full of food, more than they could probably eat. Now, I'm not saying you give 10 pounds, God's going to give you 100 pounds back. Yeah, I'm not saying that. It does happen from time to time. Okay? You know, I've got countless, countless stories of, of people who have given a certain amount of money, and then they've been given it back. That does happen. But honestly, the majority of time is you give, and you don't get any money back. That's, 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 the, that's the reality. But actually, God is involving us in his plan. And actually, we may never know what the gifts that we have given have done in his kingdom. But he does. And one day, the Bible tells us, we will meet him face to face. And he will declare over us, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done. Well done. So let's step out. Let's be a church that steps out in faith. See, when we step out, we give God the opportunity to use our bread and our fish to do amazing things. And when we hold back, no one's going to criticize you, but we miss out. We miss out. So let me end now by asking you, what bread and fish has Jesus given you that you can give for his glory? What bread and fish has he given you right now that you can use for his glory? I'm going to pray. Go for it. I had this story, but we didn't have time at the beginning, so I'm just going to share it now. As ever, I never know quite what my husband's going to preach, but um, it really relates to this story. Um, this week in my clinic, I had an appointment um, with a lady, and we've shared a lot about um, she's a Christian. We've shared a lot. And actually, she's always told me that she worked for a charity, and that's part of her story, and I won't, won't go into that. But this week, I found out that actually she worked for the charity that ran the event where I became a Christian at 16. So she was, in fact, she was in charge of the merchandise. She was on a stall where probably I bought a hat at 16. Okay, doesn't feel significant, but I just feel really reminded to share that at the end of Ben's message of giving what you've got. Like, actually, she was just in tears, like, we used to have prayer meetings and pray for young people to know you, to know God. And here you are at 38. And you were there. And I prayed. And then I did my bit. I worked on the stand. You know, I sold hats and T-shirts. And that was my job. So actually, really, really, when Bren prays for us now, I don't want any of you to sit there and count yourself out. Like, don't sit there and think, oh, yeah, we'll pray for someone else, or, yeah, that's good for the young people, oh, yeah, that's good for, no, they've got a job, they've got people to, don't, don't do all those things, but let's just be open as Ben prays for us 
that whatever we have, wherever we are, whatever we can do in our little ways, actually God does big and amazing things because actually, my story I won't go into, but I'm from a non-Christian home. I was never running at God. I wasn't looking for God, but God came and found me. And that's my story. And I became a Christian, sat on the floor on Withenshaw Park when I was 16. And that lady was running a stall selling hats. And now we've met each other. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. I want to stand. I'm going to pray. God, I, I ask you to soften our hearts. God, soften our hearts. Lord God, very openly, Peter, through Mark's writing here, says, we didn't understand because our hearts were hard. We didn't understand what you could do. We didn't understand that you were all we needed because our hearts were hard. Lord God, I pray, Jesus, that you'd soften our hearts. God, where we lack faith, let us come to you. Jesus, where there's those of us here who want to believe, who want to trust you more with our mouths, with our actions, with our finances. God, I pray, Jesus, that our prayer may simply just be, God, help me believe. Help me believe. God, and I pray that you would. God, because you have shown yourself to be faithful time and time again. God, you're calling some of us to, to open our eyes, to see that you can use us. God, you're calling some of us to, to have our eyes open to the fact that, that you're not a God that is placed in a box. But God, you can use us any day of the week, any time of the week. Lord God, you can use whatever gifts, action, money that we bring to your table. Lord Jesus, you can use any of it. You can multiply it. You don't need it, but you can use it. Lord God, and you're desirous for not one person to leave here today unused. Because you want to use all of us. You want to use all of us, every single bit of us, Lord Jesus. So I pray, God, that you challenge us again. You challenge us to step up in our faith. And Lord, may we step out, Lord God, as we do. As we, as we do, Lord God, let each one of us have story after stories. As we step out in faith, as we use our talents and our gifts, as we use our mouths, as we use our finances, God, we'd have story after story of how you did miraculous things through the bread and fish that we brought to your table. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, downloads and podcasts, please visit ccblackpool.com.